Welcome to the Fantasy Hangover, a weekly fantasy football podcast. You can download us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Also, head over to KnockedOutEntertainment.com for some other great podcasts and content. We're your hosts. I'm Shane. I'm Carl. I'm Chris. And I'm Zach. Now pop some Advil and grab your Gatorades. It's time for your Fantasy Hangover. And welcome back uh, to me. Uh, welcome back, Shane. Welcome uh, back, Shane. I have I have made my triumphant return. Uh, so a fun story about that. So I was in that well. Man, I got out of that well. And then I fell back into the well. It was it was a weird thing that somebody had laid down leaves over the top of the well on like a little thin blanket. So I didn't know that there was a well there anymore. I thought, oh, they got rid of this well, and I fell back into it. It was terrible. It was very Looney Tunes. Um, so I got out of the well uh, earlier this morning, um, just scraped, climbed up to the top. Uh, I was airlifted out by a hosp- uh, by uh, by a medvac. Um, I'm okay now. They hydrated me. I've been drinking beer. It's been go- doing good. Uh, but fun fact, uh, Carl, knowing that the podcast was going, decided to try and save me himself from that well. And he fell down. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't there anymore. So now he's down there by himself. It's very rough for him, I'm sure. And I believe... Chris has, I think he just has two thumbs left. Like he just well, kept chopping. The extent of his injuries were not known. Um, we're not sure exactly where he got injured. By him not telling us, I think it might be something a little worse than his thumbs, but we're not a hundred percent certain. Yeah, it's 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 really rough. Um, so if Chris ever offers to cook you something, uh, if you like, uh, let's just say uh, finger sandwiches, say yes. All right, so are we going to move into the quick outs then, We're starting up with the quick outs. All right, so first things first, um, our <laughs> weekly IR report. Uh, we now it's have a smaller report this week. It's a smaller report this week. Thank heavens for football. But um, Greg Olson and Corey Coleman have both been sent to IR. Uh, it's not a season-ending IR. It's going to be a six to eight, or it's going to be an eight-week minimum with designated to return. So they will be back eventually this season, but it's going to be a while. Um, so for people that had Greg Olson as their number one tight end, not only were you disappointed with his fantasy production for the first two weeks, but now you don't get him for the rest of the year. In my opinion, he is droppable um, because it's it's a foot injury and you kind of need your foot to do everything with football. So even when he comes back, I mean, it, I don't I, think it's worth it. I think it depends on your roster. If you have an IR slot, it's worth throwing him down in, into there. Depending um, but who's if, already but if there. You, but yeah, depending on you, if, know, you, if you if have David, David Johnson. Johnson yeah. Yeah, if you had David Johnson and Greg Olson, you might as well just rebuild. Yeah. Um, uh, but if yeah, if you have a free IR slot, then then stash him away for sure. But it, there's there's so many good waiver pickups, uh, which we'll get to later. There's so many yep. good people on the waiver wire that that it's kind of hard to have that slot held by a guy that might not play great when he comes back. Yeah. Um. So moving on, then in the quick outs, we have uh, Andrew Luck. He is still not even practicing at this point, which I mean. They were saying all the the whole time that it was going to be October before he came back. I, I heard I heard close to week five six. Yeah. Um, but if he's not practicing, you know, week three, that's it's week five six sounds like too soon. Yep, because he he'll probably need at least one to two weeks of practice before he actually physically comes back to play. Um, in further news, Dwayne Brown is still holding out, so look for the Texans' offense to still be yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I had mentioned this. I wasn't on the podcast when we talked about Dwayne Brown's holdout originally, but. 
the reason why I think they made the switch to Deshaun Watson is that they they realize that they don't have an offensive line without Dwayne Brown holding down that left side. And so they put in the mobile quarterback. I mean, that sucks for Tom Savage, but it's a smart move by, by O'Brien because a lot of people were saying, oh, he pulled Savage too soon. He didn't give him a chance. I think he realized that he was getting killed out there and that he, he needed was to do getting, something. He was getting killed for He was sure. getting uh, <laughs> David Card out there so badly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so next thing, uh, Roger Goodell is apparently getting his contract extended. Uh, boo. Uh, the Bengals locker room, everyone is turning on everyone. Uh, there was pretty much a near mutiny to get the offensive coordinator fired, and they did wind up firing him. Yep. Um, you got to... You know, I hope for the best, and I hope that Andy Dalton comes back and plays well, but who knows at this point? The only person in the locker room that seems to be behind Andy Dalton right now is A.J. McCarron, which is the weirdest thing I've seen. Because he came out and he was like, that's our guy. That's our quarterback. Well, that's and, you because, know, secretly back there, he's just going, I hope he sucks for two more weeks because then I'm in the game. Yeah, he, he was playing the politically correct role oh, yeah. because they, you know, people were saying that McCarron should be starting there's people how bad the, There's Dalton's reports doing. saying that Kaepernick should be signed to the team by, by players on the yeah, team. Yeah, players on the team want them to bench Dalton to sign Kaepernick, which... Ugh. Which you would think you'd want... That, I mean, that shows no love for Dalton or McCarron then. Correct. Yeah, that show. Yeah, they that shows that they have no faith in McCarron e- even either. So, uh, next thing is kind of a not a funny story, but kind of a funny story. Um, so Lawrence Timmons, linebacker for the Miami Dolphins, was suspended indefinitely by his team. Um, and to quote what we have written down here, he went AWOL to see his baby mama. Yeah, he he uh, apparently was trying to go uh, go to his baby mama's place in Pittsburgh. Uh, to see his his baby and baby mama, and he didn't uh, baby mama the team. was said in this in this story many times. I'm not just we're not just saying baby mama for a reason. Yeah. We're, we're, it was actually quoted in the story. Um, and with that too, there there was a fi- the team filed the missing persons report because yeah, th- he didn't show up for curfew the night before they were supposed to play, and he was he was gone. He didn't yeah, notify no one had anybody any on idea the team. where he was. Uh, they found him at the airport. They ended up sending a Dolphins personnel out there who ended up flying to Pittsburgh with him. <laughs> Uh, to see the uh, the baby and mama in yeah, just prior mention. I really weird situation, kind of Trey Mason esque, where he just kind of disappears and goes AWOL and no one knows where he is. Yeah. Um. But also, I think that may be conducive to his maybe disappointment with the defense of the defensive staff. Um. It not could a, be not that. his teammates, but his his actual the coaches. He may not be happy with what he got when he signed with Miami. He may be he may be put into a different role than he thought he was going to get. Um, who knows? But and it then, could be as something simple as he's played his entire career in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I and mean, it was a long career. It, I mean, mean, he was in Pittsburgh for like twelve years, I think. I think it was more leading towards ten because I think he's 10. about thirty-two, thirty-three. But. Um, so yeah, like ten years, and he maybe just it, it really you know had. Could be like he got shook. Yeah, he got he got upset uh, suddenly and realized I got to get back to Pittsburgh. I got to see you know my baby. I got to yep. go do these things and you know men, kind of a semi mental health issue. Uh, uh, yeah, kind of kind of thing. So I, I mean, who who knows what it could be? But yep. So and then along with that too, uh, the Dolphins did trade for former first round pick by the New Orleans Saints, Stephon Anthony, um, to help fill in that linebacker gap while Timmons is suspended. Yep. Um, um, which I, I I think essentially means that they're not really going to bring Timmons back. Yeah, I think they they gave him too they they gave him a decent contract. I think they gave him too much money to drop him, but 
they might bring him back, but I don't think he's going to start any. Or he's, I don't think he's going to be in the starting yeah. lineup. We'll see. It depends on how Anthony plays. If Anthony, that's true. If Anthony if craps can, the bed, they'll be which like, is hey, very possible. Hey, Timmons, by the way, come uh, come play for us. Um, moving on to the last bit of news here, then. Joe the Thomas, best bit of news. The best bit of news. Joe Thomas this past weekend played his 10,000th consecutive snap at left tackle for the hapless Cleveland Browns. Has never missed a snap in his entire career. And I believe he's made the Pro Bowl every single year and been multiple time all pro as well. Very much so. This guy is a surefire Hall of Famer. It just sucks that he was on a crap team for a decade. They every every year you hear uh, rumors of him being traded somewhere else, and it just never comes to fruition. I hope that you know after his contract winds up, he signs up a backup contract with the Patriots and wins the Super Bowl. I okay, so you might have noticed a confused look on my face because I got an email notification that you signed up Keith Marshall and demoted David Johnson. Yeah, I'm dropping Keith Marshall. Oh, gotcha. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so now that we've cleared up that confusion here, um, that's all we have for quick outs. Yeah. Um, So now it is time for our our true hangover, our suds and duds hangover. Which it it really felt like a hangover after. Oh man, it was it was a rough week for all of us. Uh, So we'll start with Chris, who had the worst of us all because he gave everyone an extra sud last week. He gave us an extra, extra juicy sud. Oh, he was he was excited about this. He was like, "Oh man, this is this sud is so hoppy. Oh man, you're gonna you're gonna just di- you're gonna take one sip and be like, oh girl.' Uh, turns out you took one sip and you're like, oh bitter beer face. Um, it's like drinking drinking an IPA. Oh, they're so good. I have one right in front of me. It's a double. I'm blissfully ignorant. Uh, so he gave uh, Larry Fitzgerald as his son. Larry Fitzgerald ended the week with three catches and 21 yards. Yeah, you can't PPR really that's call five that. points. Non PPR that's two points. That's not that's not sud territory. No. Uh, now for his dud, he was he is not he is. <laughs> this oh. one's funny. This one's funny to me. Uh, second worst dud of the week. The worst one we'll get to later. I'm sorry, guys. I had such a good week, week one, when I came to my suds and duds, and week two, I just... Uh, you hit uh, on one, and you had 50-50 on the second. It was it was a decent grab. He had a touchdown. Anyway, uh, this dud is Buck Allen. Now, I don't know if you guys watched that Baltimore game or paid attention to it, but Buck Allen ended up with 66 rushing yards. Yeah, that seems okay. Uh, that's not nothing or anything right home about, but he had five catches for 35 yards and a touchdown as well. Yep. Uh, so that is... Was that nine? That's 20 points. 9 plus 6, 15. So 15 and non-PPR. Yep, 15 non-PPR, 20, 20 and plus PPR. PPR. That's, That's, you can't really call that a can't You can't call that a dud. But it's okay. He had that extra special sud of Julius Thomas, who had three catches for not 21 yards, 26 yards. Just slightly better than Larry Fitzgerald, <laughs> although not in any league. Uh, um, also so yeah. five points, two to five points. Uh, yep. Pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad. Zach, let's hear about yours. Um, my sud last week was Zach Ertz, um, which in, even, even in standard, it came away. Okay. Yeah. Even money. Um, he had five catches for 90, what was it? 97, 97 yards. So nine points out of a tight end. I'm not going to argue against that considering how bad the position yeah. is. 14 points out of a tight end in PPR. I take that yeah. every week. Yep. Um, I missed a little bit on my dud though. Um, by a little, a little bit. bit, I mean a lot. Um, Elshon Jeffrey came out and, 
he had, I think it was, what was it, five catches for 70-some-odd yards and a touchdown? He had seven catches for 92 yards and oh, a touchdown. Oh, seven for 92 and a touchdown. So that's that's 22 that's points 22 in PPR, PPR. and six, 15, 16 points standard. 15, 15 points standard. 15 points yep. in standard. So, uh, solid start in either of those leagues. So Yep. And but, you know what? You know what I did? I sat him in my league for Larry Fitzgerald. I gotta stop listening to you guys. <laughs> I sat him in my league too. It's rough. Yeah, but I still won, so that's what matters. Yeah, me too. Yeah, go us. Go High us. five. Boom. Air five. All right. So what did uh, what did what did Carl have there, Shane? Ooh, yeah. Carl also did not do too well when it comes to his sud. Uh, he had Cameron Brait. Yeah. For his sud, uh, tight end. Um, he had two catches for twenty-four yards. So that's. Two to four points. To be fair, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit of leniency on this. It was still a bad performance, but so was the entire Bears performance. That's true. Um, which made him not have to be used. Yeah, he didn't need a check down on that one because nope. all the wide receivers running into the end zone. Mike Evans that, had I mean Mike seven Evans. catches for ninety some odd yards and a touchdown. Um, Deshaun Jackson didn't really do Who, a whole lot. I would also like to say that if you listen back to the episode uh, when Carl brought up Brate. He said that he felt like the Bears would shut down Mike Evans. So I feel like that's a double dud right there. I'm okay with the double dud. Carl's not here to defend himself. Carl's got the double dud. Carl wins the award for double dud, except... Well, no, because Chris won the Chris wins the double dud award this week. We'll call it a tie. Uh, I I don't think we call it a tie, because Carl's dud, actual dud, uh, was a win. Uh, If you set uh, Sammy Watkins last week... Oh, yeah. He had two catches for 30 yards, so that's three to five points. That is that is not good. You don't want three to five points out of your number two wide receiver. Watkins is, is probably drafted by as a number two wide receiver in a lot of a lot of leagues. Do you want to hear an early sneak peek at a fun fact? Yeah. Watkins is currently fourth in both targets and receiving yards on his own team. Fourth. Fourth. That's rough for him. Yep. He, he has Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup, and um, his Robin ahead of him. And oh, by so Robert, Roberto I mean Robert Woods. Wo- Robert Woods. Yep, all three of those guys are ahead of him in targets and yards. E. Yeah, yeah. Sammy Watkins, who I thought might have been a big sleeper, uh, a big beer goggles player on the year. There's still time. There, there's still time. The offense is getting acclimated. They've got a lot of new pieces on that offense, so there's still plenty of time. And it's not like they've had the best schedule early going. I mean, yeah, they had the Colts week one, but they didn't need to throw. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, guys. So those were those were that was our hangover oh, from we, last week. Did we touch on yours? Oh no, I guess we didn't. Oh, uh, don't, don't to, forget about yours. Uh, I was trying to get past it. So, ah, man, I could I could be up for the double dud this week. Jeez. Um. So I've got uh Brandon Cooks as my sud, which I it sounded like the, such a good oh, grab at the right it was beforehand. the revenge matchup. It was yeah. the perfect setting. Had, revenge matchup. They're in the dome. Got Tom Brady behind center. It was the perfect, perfect mix of everything. Yeah, he had two catches for 37 yards. So three points standard, five points yep. PPR. Three to five, not good. And then my dud, which I also thought was was such a great, great one, was Todd Gurley, who had 88 rushing yards and a touchdown. He also had three catches for 48 yards and a touchdown as well. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little bit of a little bit of a kind of disgusting note on this is that. Those 88 yards are the most he's had since his rookie year. Um, he has turned into a lot more of a receiving option, re- really, than he has a running option. That was just the perfect mix of everything going right for him in the running game. Don't expect this kind of production week after week. Um, you know, it unless this is the turning point. That's the only way I could see 
his production keeping the way it's going as I, if this is the turning point. I agree. Um, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that Gurley's necessarily a sit this week. I mean, we might get to that later if it comes up on the Wheel of Destiny. But, uh, but I, I wouldn't, week, I wouldn't actually feel... Call it the Wheel of Doom. Yeah, I, I, but I wouldn't feel great about starting him still. And especially considering it's a Thursday night game, it's early... It's yeah. It's early in the week, and Thursday night games are notorious for being kind of crapshoots, um, with the exception of you know usually week one because everyone's rested, but you only get four days to prepare. It's don't ex- don't expect a massive game out of Gurley. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. Um, especially I don't I don't see him. I, I can see him maybe catching some balls out of the backfield again. Oh yeah, he'll pro- I he's probably good for three to five catches. I don't see him keeping up the rushing yards the way that nope. the way that things have been turning there. He hasn't proven it over uh, over almost two full seasons that he can do it week to week. So why would we consider him now being a week to week RB one? Yeah. Uh, so with that said, after discussing that, I think I need a drink. I'm busting this tab right open on our what's on tap. Well, to tell you what's on tap, I'm drinking a double IPA, Blissful Ignorance. Uh, it's out of Lupulin uh, Brewing Company in Minnesota. It's it's very good. That's been what's on tap. All right, now for the beer cast to be done with. Um, we've got uh, what's on tap is our waiver wire prediction or our waiver wire pickups. Um, who should be added? Now, we do realize that this is a little bit late considering this comes out the day after waivers are done, but hopefully these are just guys that you picked up on or if they're still available on in free agency, Go grab them. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up some guys. We're gonna touch on them a little bit and yep. then move on. Uh, so first first one I'm gonna bring up is Buck Allen. So he's been brought up in the past. Uh, he's brought up last week. He was actually brought up in the last segment because he played great. Uh, so I've got a caveat for Buck Allen. Um, Buck Allen should be on a team. He should be on at least oh, yeah. on your bench. He's a great. He's a good spot start. He's a really good spot start if uh, Terrence West is actually injured and is out. Yeah, which he, last week he was, which is part of the reason why he got the uh, number of touches that he did. But he also produced really well with all those touches. That's true. Um, I still don't love Buck Allen as somebody that you want to lean on. Uh, he is he is great for an injury injury grab if West is out, and then you have some you're missing that second yep. spot with West and David Johnson being out or or another there's so many questionable running backs right now. Yeah. Um it, it, he's a great spot start but but don't don't bank on him. Now with that said, this next guy uh who you sh- who should also be on teams but he's not owned in a lot of leagues, Chris Carson, bank on this guy. He's the number one guy in in Seattle. Yep. I mean, everyone can talk about Thomas Rawls so their mom comes home, but uh Chris Carson's getting the getting the carries, he's getting the yards. Yep. Uh, and he had his coming out party last week and he looked pretty good. Yeah, in a, in a really ugly defensive game for between San Francisco and Seattle. Um actually both running backs did really well for yeah. each team. Um Thomas Rawls was not very good. He was not utilized. He's still coming back from injury. Chris Carson looks the part of a guy that could be that full-time, you know, full-time three-down running back because he proved in the preseason that he can catch the ball as well. He can run between the tackles. He's big enough. It's not like he went to some small school. He went to Oklahoma State. Yeah. So it's. I mean, he's not some. He's not some. He's Thomas been Rawls. tested some. Yeah. He's not some Thomas Rawls. Yeah. Uh. And I would say at this point, he's somebody that you can start to buy in on. I mean, yeah, still be a little. Appre- I mean, you're not gonna grab him and start him ahead of. Yeah. You, you know, uh, some of those top tier running backs that. You, uh, but 
you know, if if you've got if you've got the injury bug, he is he's a great uh, injury replacement or uh, uh, flex position uh, yeah. start some weeks. Um, now speaking of injury bug, I've got uh, P Ryan on here, the fullback out of Washington, um, because their other fullback Rob Kelly uh, injured his ribs last week and might be out now. A lot of people will say Chris Thompson because Chris Thompson's had a couple big plays, but that's the thing. He's had a couple big plays that doesn't sustain uh, Look at Deshaun Jackson. He doesn't make big play. Chris Thompson has had a couple games where he's made some really big, big yardage plays and gotten touchdowns, but that he's clearly not the number one guy there. And even Jay Gruden came out this week and said, we need to limit his touches because of his size. Yeah. I mean, he he's going to, he's going to do great. He's fine in, God, kind of a mini Sproles role. Of yeah. He'll he'll get some catches. I still wouldn't say that he's worth what Sproles is worth for a lot of teams, but um, P. Ryan is the guy that if Kelly's out, will pick up on those touches because he's got the same size and and style of running that that uh, Gruden wants to do with that offense. Yeah, and this week the Ra- Redskins go up against the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. There's eight, the Red Raiders don't necessarily have the best defense. Um, so you could see a lot of a lot of Pirine if Kelly is out. Yeah, I mean the Raiders let the Jets score twenty points last week, so I yeah. mean it's not the greatest defense because that is not the greatest. I offense. thought their previous total of twelve was going to be the highest they scored all last week, and then they come and blow that total out of the right? water. I uh, mean they did get beat by twenty five, but they still scored twenty points. And speaking of the Jets, Jermaine Curse. Yeah, Jermaine Curse. He he is a guy that I actually went out and picked up right away. Um, when he got traded from the Seahawks to the Jets. And yeah, I saw that because I dropped him. Yep, and I immediately went out and I immediately thought, why did I just pick up a New York Jet? He's come out the past two weeks, and he has shown that he is by far the number one option on that offense. Not not wide receiver, but on that offense, yeah. and he will get fed the ball by Josh McCown. He's easily the most talented guy uh, Yeah, out of the wide receivers. I would say that Forte might be the most talented, but he's also kind of over the hill. Yeah. Um, He's easily the most talented wide receiver on that roster. With uh, and to be honest with you, if um, Anua didn't get injured, if they had still made this trade, Curse and Anua across from each other might have given them some offensive uh, ability. Yeah, I, I I I would have believed it when I seen it, but it could have caused something. Oh. but he's he's a good grab. He's a good uh, once again uh, flex flex spots or yeah. uh, injury replacement or bye week replacement as, as we're seeing coming up. Yeah, wide receiver three flex. Even even yeah. if he's a wide receiver two on your team, I mean, he's not bad for a, just a one-week stopgap to see what you can get out of him. I've said this in the past, uh, and it, it normally ends up being a running back, but there's always one guy on a bad on a bad team that'll score points. Mm-hmm. And Curse, might, it, Curse seems to be the guy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bad teams, uh, and the other side of New York... The Giants. We've got Evan Ingram. Uh, now this is—he's a tight end. He's still got some things to prove. He had a—he had an okay week one, and uh, he scored a touchdown week two and had about sixty yards, I believe. Yep. Um. So he's—he's he's showing that he can catch the ball. Um. He's a good. Once again, injury replacement. I mean, if you—you you might have lost Olsen and need a tight end now. Yeah. Uh, and Ingram is not a bad one to grab. Um. Let's just hope he doesn't get penalized for every touchdown he scores. That's true. Although, it was a good it, dance. It was ridiculous. It was got penalized dance. for that. It was stupid. Um, do you have any more? Because I actually just thought of another one here. I've got a couple more. Um, okay. I've got Bunches of Funches. Um, <laughs> Devin Funches. Uh, he is. He was a tight end at Michigan. 
Uh, and, and he was a wide receiver at Michigan. <laughs> he was both. He split out wide. He was yeah. he was billed as a tight end who would split out wide. He had the, oh, okay. he had kind of the the uh, I hate to say his name, but Aaron Hernandez uh, seat. Um, where because that's that's how they played Hernandez. I mean, that's one hundred percent what they did. I mean, they do it with Gronk well, a little bit, but not so much. He could have also gone with Evan Ingram. He's got the Evan no, Ingram uh, type because Evan Ingram is, I guess, but no, not really. I, it's not really the same. Okay. Anyways, keep keep going. Um, he's I, I he played very well. He he was picking up the targets once Olson went down. It was it seemed that uh, Funches was the guy that was being targeted for those routes that uh, Olson normally runs. I mean the the biggest problem with with Carolina is their backup tight ends Ed Dixon who can block with the, with the best of them but he is not catching that ball not anymore correct um Richard Higgins uh we spoke about Corey Coleman a little bit ago yep um Richard Higgins I think is a is a must add um he is he is already penciled in as the number one receiver on the team and you know even though it's not the best situation as Shane said number one players on teams even bad ones can produce Terrell Pryor last year. Yep, last Kenny week, Britt last year. Last week he went seven of eleven for or seven catches on eleven targets for ninety five yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's solid production. Yeah, and see if we can, if he keeps it up. Um, now I I do say with the caveat of that, yes, he's the number one guy for right now, but Kenny Britt could step up. Although it doesn't look like he's going to. Um, Ricardo Louis could step up. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are fairly unknown. Yeah, on the Browns that, uh, I, and one of the names that I would say is Duke Johnson Jr. That isn't on the waiver wire pickups because a lot of people own him already. Could step up and pick up some of those catches. So yep. green assault on that one, but he's a good one to grab and stash. Yep. Uh, and the last one I have is uh, good old Jay Cutler. Yes, uh, smoking Jay Cuddy. He came out last week. He did Jay Cutler things. He was slinging the ball all over the place. He helped Jarvis Landry get thirteen oh. catches on fifteen targets. Sure, the yards weren't there, but if you were in PPR, that's a double digit. That's a twenty point week. At halftime, he I think he had eight catches for like thirty seven yeah, yards something or something ridiculous like, that. like that. It was it was ridiculous, but I mean that's twelve points. <laughs> yeah, that's twelve points at half. Yeah. I mean twenty points over the span of a game. Now now that's not gonna happen every single week, but um and even Devontae Parker had a good week, but I mean he's Jay Cutler will throw the ball. He will sling it out there. Um, and then, do you have anything else to say? No, no. What's it? What? All right. So the last one that I have just, and this is a very, very low end waiver wire guy is Orland Starkwa. Um, Paul Perkins has managed to average, I think, about two yards a carry so yeah, far. It's not been over great. two games, and it's it's not good. Part of that, and Shane and I were talking about this before. That Giants offensive line is just an open door. They yeah. are letting everybody through. Ezekiel Ansah last year had four sacks in the entire 16-game 16 16 season. He had three Monday night going against Eric Flowers. Yeah. He almost matched his total in one game. Their best offensive lineman is Justin Pugh, who is a guard who's playing tackle right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it, they're having a rough time at, at offensive line. Yep. Um, I mean, it would help if Eli Manning knew how to get the ball to a receiver as well. But well, it would help if those receivers would also catch it. Yeah, that's also Brandon true. Marshall. Mm, that's also true. Yeah, Brandon Marshall can't catch a thing. I saw him drop at least three balls Monday night. It's it's rough right now in New York, and I'm sure Shane is just oh, ecstatic I'm about that. Just sitting here and enjoy about that one. But but yeah, Darka, um, he is with Perkins not doing anything. I mean, he's not really doing anything when he's getting in there. 
as well. I mean, he's no, doing better he, than Perkins, though. He's doing better than Perkins. He's averaging five, over five yards a carry. But and I he, guess he's not getting in there often enough. Yeah, to, he's not getting there often, but that may change very soon. Yeah, so that might not be a bad grab and sash one as well. I mean, you could nope. pick him up this week, and if he has a big breakout game, all of a sudden he's the number one waiver wire guy next week, and you already have him. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's what's on tap. Now we're going to move on to our Wheel of Destiny. Or Doom, depending on who we get. All right, so are you ready to suspend the wheel? Are you, I'm going to give you the first game. Give me the first game, okay. Yeah. God, I hope this pays off. All right. Oh, okay, not a bad one. Um, we I got the Steelers and the Bears. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's a fun one to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, I can you double check really quick to see if the Steelers are at home or on the road? I believe they're at Chicago. I think they're in Chicago. Okay. Um, but while we talk about that, so we'll we'll go with the Bears first. Um, that. The Steelers' defense this year has been really good so far. They have been putting pressure on the quarterbacks. Uh, Shane just confirmed that they are at that the Bears are at home. Um, so we'll get to that in a minute, and you guys will understand why. Uh, but the Bears, Jordan Howard's hurt. You don't know if you can start him. His arm was in a sling after the game last week. I'm scared. Yep, um, and know that, but it, it, he's going against a really tough defense. I mean. Kendall Wright's the number one receiver on the team, so if you're in a dire situation, play him as a flex. I think he could put up put up eight to ten points as a flex. Um, in PPR, I think standard his ceiling is definitely lower. Uh, but the one guy that I would not really hesitate to start this week is the tight end, um, Zach Miller. Okay. I think Zach Miller. He's been check getting, down option. Yep, check down option for Mike Glennon. Um, Tariq Cohen, you know, he'll, he'll be there, but I'd say, you know, he's, he's had, I think eight catches so far in each game this year, which is good PPR option, but you know, it's only a matter of time before that offense just crumbles under itself. I I just, I don't see Cohen being that commodity that could sustain itself for long. Yeah. I mean, I, I like him as a change of pace back, but without that Jordan Howard to be that original pace back, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he can sustain the the level that he's at. Yeah. And then, so moving on to the Steelers side, uh, start Le'Veon Bell, duh. Start Antonio Brown, duh. I think Martavis Bryant is even a solid start in this. Um, he had a good week last week. Yeah, because with Martavis Bryant, you're not you're not playing him as a wide receiver one. He's a wide receiver two to flex option. So if you can get double-digit points out of that wide receiver two or flex option, that's a solid week in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're really looking for most likely... Four to five catches, 70 to 100 yards, and a touchdown is probably what you're looking at out of Martavis Bryant on, you know, if everything goes goes right. Um, and then you get your fingers crossed that Le'Veon Bell can uh, get some running yards. Yep. Um, you know, it, it was rough in the first, it was very rough in the first week. It was a little less rough, but he went against a good defense in the Vikings in week two. Um, but week three, you're going against Chicago. Granted, you're at Chicago, but. I think this could be the week that Le'Veon Bell finally turns it up and becomes that you know number one pick that he was this year. Um, with that being said, again, the Bears are at home. So starting Ben Roethlisberger is not a good option. Yeah, he does not do well on the road. Yep. Um, I would like to say that, uh, yes, he ended up with a touchdown, but the Bears held Devontae Freeman to 37 yards week one and Coleman to less than that. 
Yep. I mean, they, they can play well against the run if they're not getting completely torn up in the passing game. So that's the, and that was the problem that they had last week is they were just getting wrecked in the passing game. Yeah, but uh, that was. With that said, though, they didn't, I mean. You got to look at this, though, is that it was their first game under a new offensive coordinator, not at home on turf. Yeah. So that I'll put I I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I agree that it's not the best matchup, but I'm not still, saying sit. I'm not saying sit Le'Veon yeah, you're Bell. Still starting him no matter what. Yeah, he's he's Le'Veon Bell. Yep. You don't sit him unless he has you know five or six eggs in a row. Yep. Um, sneaky play. I mean, if you're in leagues with defense, I think the Steelers are a really good defense. Uh, I think Mike Glennon has thrown a pick six and had at least two turnovers yeah, in each game. Glennon's so far. bad. I I could. It's going to be Mitchell the Mitchells time pretty soon. I would say by week five, by week five or six, if they if things keep I going the surprised. way they are, yeah, I, I would say surprised. by week five or six. But I would say I think we could start seeing him. We could see him show up in the game at the end of a game next week, possibly. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, so you, uh, that's all I have for this game. Yeah, I, I think that's good. That's solid. Okay. All right, wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us a lesson that we should learn. Of course you would. New England, Houston. <laughs> All right, I've got All some right, things. I'm just going to sit back and let Shane take this next for the few minutes. In 17 years, a rookie quarterback has not played well against a Bill Belichick run team. Since he has taken over uh, as the Patriots head coach, no rookie quarterback has had a quote-unquote good, decent to good game. They've always played terribly in their first game against them. Um, so sneaky matchup uh, for everyone is going to be the Patriots defense. Uh, Patriots defense have not played fantastic this year. They did okay against the Saints, but the Saints are always going to rack up some yards. And they did terrible against the KC Chiefs. Um, but, I mean, I, I could see there being some scores happening from the Pats D. Um, with that said, Brady's had a had a good year this year already. I mean, three touchdowns, no picks, uh, 700 yards. Um, so he's an obvious start. Uh I would say uh, another sneaky start might be James White. James White's been doing a really good job of catching the ball out of the backfield. He's not the number one running running back in New England. That's going to be that's Gillisley. He's oh, got that. Yeah, that's G- Gillisley by far. Gillisley's got that that uh, uh, blunt uh, between the tackles, big guy. Uh, I'm going to score the touchdown for you, or or you're going to stuff me three yards behind the line kind of attitude. Yep. Um, and so that's so Gillisley's going to rack up the touchdowns every, uh, maybe not every week, but all year long. I mean, I could see him racking up touchdowns in the style that Blunt did last year. I'd say he's he's possibly a safe bet for one a week. I mean, it's with that offense, it's possible. I might not. I I would I would be watching closely on the Gronk situation because it's very possible because Gronk had a small injury last week and held him out at the end of the game. Just tweaked his groin. It's not said to be very serious. But I could see Belichick using him more as a uh, distraction than anything else uh, in this game because they don't necessarily need him to beat the Texans. No. But they might use him as a decoy on some plays and he might not rack up. With that said, start him. Yeah, but uh, watch watch the injury wire. Let's uh, take take a look to see if they if you hear anything about it being worse than it is. But one thing I do want to say is kind of a caveat to that though is let's not discredit the Houston Texans defense. Um, That's because true. They have a really good linebacking core along with a really good defensive line. Um, their secondary is probably the most questionable, but so but I mean it's still Gronk. You're gonna play him if he's in. You play him. That's not even a question. 
That's that's true. That's why I I, I think that the check down the running back slot is a really good yeah place to look right now. Um, I think checkdowns and and possibly a couple deep balls from Brady might might get through and seeing those those short run games. When it comes to the Houston offense, DeAndre Hopkins he's going to be peppered with targets. He's had thirteen at thirteen targets, I think. Oh no, week one he had like sixteen targets. Yeah. Last week he had thirteen targets. It may not always equal the best production in in standard scoring leagues, but in PPR, you've got probably ten guaranteed double digit points a week from com- coming from DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, a lot of people drafted him as their number two wide receiver, or hopefully as their number two. If you've got him as the number one, I would have waited for him to be my number two. Yeah. Um, but he's gonna. I, I I could see double digit points out of him still. Yeah. Uh, out out of anybody on that offense, it's him and possibly Lamar Miller. I mean, that Patriots defense has shown some issues in the rushing game uh, this year with shifty um, running backs. With yeah, uh, <laughs> but with with them worried about uh, Watson's running, I could see them. I could see Lamar Miller sneaking out for some big gains. Yeah. Um. Those are the only two guys, though, that I would even look at on that team uh, for yeah, for, no, for offense. Sure. Absolutely, I, I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch uh, Braxton Miller or anybody else. I, yeah. Yep. They, yeah. There. I and do not start Watson. No. Do that not would be start a very Watson. Bad. Bad business decision. Uh. Yeah. So that's my. Uh. That's my goal on that game. All right. Well, now that we got your probably spoke too long way. on that one. That's eh, fine. Um. All right. So next one here. All right. Uh, actually, an interesting matchup on one side of the ball, at least. I got the Buccaneers and the Vikings. Um, okay. So we'll start with the Vikings. Interesting get that out of the way. Um, this is going to be a, a, a tale of two quarterbacks. Um, and those two quarterbacks are Sam Bradford and Case Keenum. Right now, Sam Bradford is dealing with a bone bruise on the same knee that he had uh, tore his ACL, um, and he had surgically repaired. So... There's a chance that he plays, but right now I would say it's probably a forty percent chance that he plays and sixty percent chance he doesn't. Yeah, I would I would put it right around there as well. Um, so if he plays though, Bradford is a very accurate quarterback and he has a very good rapport with both um, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs as well as uh, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. I almost called him Tyler Eifert because they both went to Notre Dame. Um, but he has a very good rapport with all three of those guys. If he plays you can't stack the box which opens things up for Dalvin Cook um, to lead that offense clearly Latavius Murray isn't getting anything any work in that no. offense um, which is weird considering he's making like five million a year uh, but he, he was injured for most of the offseason and hasn't shown anything since he came back so yep it's hard I, to give him play I would say you know if Bradford's in I have no problem starting Diggs or Thielen or even Rudolph if it is Case Keenum which is the tale of the other quarterback the only guy I really consider starting um, would be would be Adam Thielen. Um, Delvin Cook would still probably be a start, just given the scarce, sorry, scarcity at running back. But wide receiver, pass catcher wise, Thielen's the only one I'm starting. And that's in PPR. Yeah, he's checked down. He he will get a lot of catches. He'll he'll give you those Wes Welker numbers of mm-hmm. you know twelve catches some games for. 100 yards maybe and score 44 <laughs> points and not being played in a championship oh, that was game such a great not play by you uh, moving on to the other side of the field we have the Buccaneers which if you look at their offensive numbers from week one really the only guy to put up numbers was Mike Evans yep 
Um, he had almost he had almost 100 yards and a touchdown. Which, uh, that's not true. He's not the only one to put up numbers. Jazz Quizzical Rogerson put up some good numbers that week, too. He had, what, 37 yards and a rushing touchdown? He had 67 yards oh, 67 and a rushing, yards t- rushing touchdown. Okay. So that's that's sixty po- or that's 12 points, um, you know, which is good. But the thing is that I think he got a lot more of the work because of the hole that Chicago put themselves into against the Buccaneers, and that made them have to run more, which hurt the production of other guys like Deshaun Jackson, like Cameron yep. Brait, like Jameis Winston, because they didn't have to do as much. Um, this week, I, guess, I think you're going to see, I don't want to say similar production, because the Vikings have done a really good job so far of shutting down the number one receivers for teams, like Chris mentioned, or maybe maybe we'll bring it up in a little bit with our suds and duds for this coming week. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've done good good jobs against Antonio Brown, they they held him to I think four catches for sixty seven yards last yep. week. Uh, I I don't feel comfortable really starting anybody besides Mike Evans on against this team. I um, would say maybe Deshaun Jackson because of the fact that Trey Waynes is covering him most likely. Yeah, because Waynes, Waynes has been burned so many times. He's so bad. Martavis Bryant just took him to school on that touchdown that he had last week. Mackenzie Alexander's been is looking better and better right now. Yeah. Um. I would say I and I would say just Quizzical Rogerson, um, Jack Quiz Rogers. Yeah, please, uh, please say their actual names. <laughs> uh, just Quizzical. I like Just Quizzical so much. Uh, uh, Jack Quiz is a good start in a if you're one of those people that ha- have uh, one of those injuries. Yep, he's a good possible running back two or possible flex um, look if you're if you're missing out on some of those those players. Um, with that said, I don't love him as a start, but I I, I if could you got to do it, you got to do it. Yep, I could I could see it working though. Yep. All right, so that's everything I have. Um, defense wise, the Vikings defense you're going to start every week if you have yeah. the Vikings defense. Yep, because they they still are a really good defense, even with the offense isn't doing as well. Yeah, they're still a good defense. They're they're guaranteed for probably a couple sacks every game, at maybe one turnover every game. Um, but yeah, so moving on to the next, we're going to spin this wheel. And I would say this week has been a better wheel spin than last week. Did you speak too soon? No, uh, uh, maybe. Cowboys Cardinals is that is your final one? <sighs> yeah, you spoke a little bit too soon. Um, so I've got a lot of opinions when it comes to the Cowboys. Um, one of those opinions is that Dak Prescott is overrated, and it was shown showing last week when he played terribly. Hold up, though, because that's against Denver. The, if a defense gets a nickname, they've earned it. The Legion of Boom, the No Fly Zone. That is, they have three number one corners on their. I team. get what you're saying, but the Cardinals' defense have been a top five defense in the league for years. Yes, this year they are not doing as well because the offense has been off so far, <sighs> and so the defense is on the field more often than yeah. they than they want to be. Um, with that said, the Dallas offense is also off this year. Um, yes. Ezekiel uh, had nine total carries last week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's looked rough on for both of these teams. Ezekiel um, Elliott's going to be a must start every week. Um, with that said, I I want I wanted to put him on in the next. I wanted to put him as one of my duds. I really did, but there's a lot of smack talk going on in the media about him taking plays off and things like that, that I feel like he might be playing with a chip on his shoulder. So he might be playing better than, than he would be. And I also that, I think he needs to play better 
because I don't think that Dak Prescott's going to step back up this week. I think he's going to he's going to look rusty is not a good word. He's going to look like the rookie that he didn't look like last year. Yeah, I think that um, this actually is a – I'm going to say I think this is a really good week for the Cowboys. I'm going to take this side of it because that entire offense is going to want to show that last week wasn't their true face. I think it's a revenge game for that entire offense, and I feel I feel bad for the Cardinals' defense. Um, I don't because I think the Cardinals' defense is still going to play fine against them. I think they're going to rack up sacks. I think they're going to get a couple turnovers. Um, with that said, my number one start from this game is Jason Witten. Yeah, that's fair. He's been on a tear the first two games. Yep, he's PPR been the one monster. Yeah, he's been the one guy this year on the on the Cowboys that's been a consistent threat. I mean, Des Bryant's had hadn't haven't had terrible. Des Bryant time. had good PPR production last week and okay production regardless because he still had I think fifty some odd yards and a touchdown. But he did that on about I think it was on fifteen targets. He caught yeah, seven balls. Was... Um, that is that is not conducive of a number one wide receiver. Sorry, Chris. Um, but Jason Witten, both games has looked fantastic. Uh, he is always going to be the guy that moves the chains. And this year, unlike he's been the last couple of years, he's been getting the ball in the red zone. So I would, I would start Jason Witten, uh, especially in the weak tight end league that we have that the, the league is right now. Well, I was going to say, let's say the league that everybody has. Cause yes. <laughs> everybody's that in a the, weak tight end league that the NFL is right now. How weak the tight end position is. If if you've got Witten, you should probably be starting him. Um, I think our I think the number one tight end still right now in the NFL scoring wise is Austin Hooper. <laughs> on two on what three catches, four catches so far. I I th- I think Witten might have passed him. Okay. Witten's got seventeen catches for one hundred fifty six yards and two touchdowns. Hooper had two catches for one hundred and eighty yards and a touchdown in the first game. And then I think he had two or three catches last week, so yeah, it's close. Yeah, so it's 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 going to be close. close there. Um. Uh. But with that said, when it comes to Cardinals players, I other than their defense, I don't know if I touch them. Um. It's hard to know who. Uh, maybe I. I mean, the one guy I could see is Larry Fitzgerald. Um, in PPR, yeah, in not, PPR standard. Week, I I'm, I'm having a hard time looking at him in standard. Week one, he had a pretty good week. Uh, week two, Larry Fitzgerald. It's almost like he wasn't there, and it was it was very weird to see. I I don't. It's been a long time since I've seen Larry Fitzgerald have a game like he did last week, which is also why I think that it, he could be up for a bounce back week here. Yep. So Larry Fitzgerald, uh, uh, number two wide receiver, number th- uh wide receiver flex position, uh, possible good start. Um, but I wouldn't touch the rest of that offense. If you're in a best ball league, I'd say JJ Nelson um, would be a solid play. Gra- yeah, grabbing him for your for yeah. your bench. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, but that's in best ball. I I would I would have a hard time starting him in one good game. Doesn't I mean, mean he's a, had actually he had a really had good end good, of the season last year. He's had some good um, games, but because they've are, they've already all but ruled out John Brown for this week. Um, they're saying that he's pretty much not going to play this week again. Yeah. So that's going to open up the game for JJ Nelson a little bit more. Hopefully this isn't just a defensive game. I think um, the fact that JJ Nelson had a really big game last week is going to help Larry Fitzgerald. Cause it's going to, it's going to draw some of that, a little bit of that uh, notice from the Cowboys. But yeah, was that four games? That was four games. We each did two. All right. Patriots first, and then you got the 
Cowboys Cardinals second. Well, uh, I think now it's time for us to put on our beer goggles and take a look at a couple of sleepers. Uh, I guess You're ruining it, Shane. Wait, wait, wait. Put on your beer goggles and get behind someone who will perform better than they look. There we go. Giggity, giggity, goo. <laughs> um, so it's going to be a short list this week. It is. Not. It is a list of two people. Uh, so the first one on this list is someone that we mentioned earlier, Jermaine Curse. Uh, he's playing against Miami. It's not so much the matchup; it's the fact that he's the only guy on that team. That seems to be getting consistent targets. Yeah. So, I mean, the beer goggles aspect of it is that you don't want to start a Jets player, but Curse is the one guy that you might want to start. It makes you kind of throw up a little bit in your mouth even just to consider starting a I, Jets I feel player. a little dirty. Yeah, it's, yeah. I feel I need a shower. I need I need to bathe, like, immediately. Uh, but um, with that being said, as you said, it's, and especially PPR, that I think is a really solid flex play. Um depending on your team and injuries and everything, possibly even a wide receiver too. But um, I think he has a solid upside of, in PPR, at least eight points a week, yeah, eight and, to ten a week. And, I mean, with Miami, Miami's only played one game this season, so it's just you're going off of what happened with the Chargers. And, yeah, and they but, let Keenan Allen have, like, ten catches for yeah, 109 yards or something like that. They gave up 323 passing yards last week. Yeah. So. so Miami's defense clearly isn't what it what is going to be considered a dominant defense. Um, which is another reason why, you know, it's, I feel it's safe to start Jermaine curse. Yep. Uh, and then for me, I've got, uh, that was, that was Zach's by the way. Uh, my beer goggle is LeGarrette blunt, uh, against the giants. And it's not so much that it's blunt. It's that it's against the giants. These are more tequila goggles. I would say than beer goggles. Now blunt. Yes. Has not had a great season so far. He had a touchdown week one. Um, I, the, the thing about Blunt versus the Giants is that the Giants have given up 134 yards to running backs per game, and Sproles is more of the pass-catching running back. Yes, he's been getting some yards, um, but I think that Blunt could see some some good carries uh, in the red zone uh, against the Giants this week. Fair enough. I, I get it. I, I don't agree with it, but I also don't have to. That's your beer goggles player. So. Yep, I could. Uh, I would say that Blunt would be a possible flex position. I wouldn't want him as a running back one or two. Oh but God, with, the, no. with the injuries at running back this year, I think it's possible that you might see him as a flex. He no longer plays for New England. You can't start him as an RB one or two. Nope. All right, so now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. It is time for the suds and the duds. All right, Shane, and you are going first, just in case we happen to have the same. Uh, same dud here, so... No, 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 no. The person that's going first... Oh. ...is going to be Carlos O'Kelly. Uh, Mr. Carell. Uh, so... I'm gonna read this, uh, verbatim. <laughs> I'm funny. Um, Sud, Cam Newton. He's very matchup dependent, but against the Saints, it's a nice matchup. Very straight and to the point. Fair I would enough. agree with that. I mean, it, it it is a he's consistently have, has played well against the Saints. Yep, and it's this and it's the Saints, so we we know they can't stop anybody. They, That's true. They've made a generally mediocre offense with Minnesota look like a superstar team, and they allowed Brady to get back to form and look like the MVP he was after having his lowest completion percentage in his career in Week yeah. One. 
in um, in week one where he lost all of his wide receivers and had to yeah. start, and then they had to put in a wide receiver that hasn't been there for more than four days. But I agree. Yeah. As a Patriots fan, I had to defend my golden boy. No, I, I, I wasn't trying to rip on him. I was just saying that. <laughs> no, it was no, a I, bad, I agree. Yeah. It was bad. Um, uh, now his dud. His dud, Shane and I have a little bit of a disagreement. Now with. his dud, I must still be wearing my beer goggles from the last segment because he looks like a sud to me. Yep, I agree. Still, uh, Matt Stafford. Atlanta's defense has been stellar so far this year. That's true. Yep. Uh, and I think they keep the pressure on Stafford to make it tough on him all game. With that said, they lost Vic Beasley for at least this game. Yep. Well, they said probably a month. Yeah. They said so, he's going to be out for about a month. So Vic Beasley, their leading sack guy from last year, and their leading sack guy so far this year. Yep. Um, that reduces the pressure on Stafford. Correct. Quite, I don't think that you put somebody else back in there and that uh, somebody not named Vic Beasley can keep up that that uh, rate of play. Yeah. So, and Stafford's been playing well. I mean, yes, he only had, you know, 100 and some yards last week. He had 122 passing yards and he had two touchdowns. He did have a lost fumble, but the but Giants, regardless of how bad their offense is, they still have a really good defense and Stafford knew that he couldn't he didn't want to test that defense. This this is a defense that last year I think was the number one scoring defense in the NFL. They won a they won a lot of their games and that was when they weren't even putting up twenty plus points on offense. I think they said last night was the seventh or eighth or Monday night, sorry, was the seventh or eighth straight game where they have scored less than twenty points. Hmm. Um but I'm gonna give Stafford credit for what he did. He managed a great game you know, it was really kind of one unlucky play that he had where, which was the fumble. Um, but I am a and big even fan that of, fumble. I I was watching that. I and didn't I was think like, it was a fumble. I thought his arm was coming forward. Yep. I thought it. I, I thought, thought it, it should have been reviewed. Rule. And yeah, I thought rule. so too. Yeah, uh, um, I'm glad. That but you, even with that, the next play was a pick. So yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I really like Stafford this week. I told uh, told the boys earlier that I think this could be the highest scoring game of the week, um, and it would not surprise me if it was. I I also would not be shocked. Um, all right, so those were Carl's. So now I will do mine. Uh, so my sud this week is uh, now is it? I keep keep forgetting. Is it is it T Y Montgomery like T Y Hilton, or is it or is it uh, Ty Montgomery like Ty Hilton? I think it's Ty Montgomery like Ty Hilton. Okay, got it. Um, so Ty Montgomery is playing against Cincy. Oh, this is your sud. This is my sud. Oh, gross. Sorry. Uh, I can, okay. Uh, Ty Montgomery is playing against Cincy. Oh, you know what? I was thinking T.Y. Hilton. You got me all messed up there. No, I'm not. No. Oh, no. I am not okay. playing T.Y. Hilton. That makes much more sense. I'm okay with Ty Montgomery. I thought you were saying T.Y. Hilton was your son. No, no, okay. no, no. Definitely not. Hoofta. No, Ty Montgomery is my son. Okay. He's playing against Cincy, who's given up 163 uh, rushing yards a game so far. Now, uh, Randall Cobb is also hurt. Um. Which yep. I know doesn't sound like something you would mention with a running back, but Randall Cobb does a lot of end arounds. He'll start in the backfield. He'll he'll get some of those running plays. And he's been getting a lot of work in the first yes, two has. weeks of the season. He was looking good the first two weeks yeah. of the season, and it's unfortunate that he's hurt yep. now. And not only that, but Jordy Nelson is hurt too. He's a 50-50 shot to play on yep. one, or play this Sunday. I was going to say, if Cobb wasn't hurt, he'd be my son in this game. But yeah. um, with this, Montgomery is probably going to take they're, – they're going to run the ball against Cincy. 
It's going. It's going to happen yep. since he's given up a lot of running. I mean, since I don't he's think given up a lot in general. I don't think they're going to need to pass as much this game, so they're going to get up big and they're going to start running the ball. And so Ty Montgomery's going to get some action. Uh, he, he can catch the ball in the backfield. He was a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, he was drafted as a wide receiver, and he's kind of the interim running back right now. Yep. And so I, I just, I just think Ty Montgomery is just a solid, solid start for this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, my dud which you're not going to agree with, is Dalvin Cook. I, But I have to put that caveat on there. If it's Sam Bradford, I'm going to disagree. If it's Case Keenum, I agree. Now, Dalvin Cook, uh, he had uh, 64 yards last week. 12 rushes, 64 yards against a good Pittsburgh defense. Now, Tampa Bay looked great against Chicago. And yes, the caveat is it was Chicago. But, I mean, Jordan Howard's a good running back normally. Yes, he left the game with a sling, and he's injured. But, man, they weren't giving up anything on the ground. Yeah, no, for sure. They were... Well, part of that, too, is having to play catch-up mode, where they couldn't really run the ball. Yes. Because if, you, if you're losing, you can't run the ball. That is that is true. But, normally, if you're losing and you get one of the... And they were still running the ball a little bit. Normally, if you're losing, you can't run the ball. You slip in a, a draw or a yeah. or a sneak that gets you some yards. They got they. I, I think they gave up 20 yards last week. I mean, yeah, it, it was, was gross. it was a tiny, tiny amount of yards. Now, as I've said before, the Tampa Bay's only played one game. We don't know if if what if this is going to be consistent, a consistent yeah. thing that they can keep up. Um, they do but, have the defensive pieces to really have a solid defense, and it, it could just be it's them starting to gel. But yep. again, it's only one game, one week. We don't know. Now, Dalvin Cook is a—he's uh, dependent on the big run. He's a running back that needs those. those I think he's a—he's a volume guy. He—he's the—he's those running back. He's the running back that he might be getting two or three yard runs, and then he'll break out a twelve to fifteen yard yeah. one and, and bust that average up. Yep. Um. So his average yards looks looks really good because he gets those big runs in every here and there. Um, I don't think he's getting those big runs against against that Tampa Bay defense. Okay, fair so enough. So I could see him going. You know, there. I think that Minnesota's playing from behind a bit in this game, and I think that he might get 15 carries for maybe 30 yards. Like I don't see it being a really good game for him at all. Yeah. Do you want me to go ahead and uh, read Chris's? Yeah. Okay. So Chris, uh, his stud is Carlos Hyde. Um, he said that uh, he did well against Seattle and Carolina, and the Rams got destroyed on the ground last week, which they did. Robert Kelly was running all over the Rams last week yes, before he, he got hurt. Um, and then his duds. Sorry, I was reading your response to his dud. Um, <laughs> his his dud is Mike Evans. Minnesota defense held Antonio Brown to sixty two yards, no touchdowns, and Michael Thomas to forty five yards and no touchdowns. Um, I I can't argue with that. You know, you still play Mike Evans. Oh yeah, you have to. You can't. You can't not play Mike Evans. One big play changes that. Yep. I mean, and he's he's a six foot five receiver. All it takes is one one lob of Jameis Winston to the end zone to be like, hey Mike, go get it. And I I feel like out of, and yes, Antonio Brown's great. I feel like he's a little bit different of a receiver than those first two. Uh, oh, absolutely. He, he's definitely got more of that red zone threat. He's gonna be. He's going to be the guy that gets looked at in the end zone more often than because Brown gets a lot of touchdowns, but a lot of that happens from you know he busts it wide open in the yeah and runs it downfield for forty yards. Yep, uh, Evans they're going to look at you know three four yards deep. I mean, 
uh, three, four yards out of the end zone. They're going to look at it oh, in the red okay. zone a lot. I was, I was very confused. Sorry, I, know, no, I, I phrased it weirdly. <laughs> um, so I could see Evans busting out, but I can't, I can't disagree with that logic. I mean, it, it yeah, makes no, sense. For sure. it yeah, makes, it makes sense, sense to call him a dud. I mean, it's just like any. It's just like when receivers go against Josh Norman. I mean, you have a number one solid corner. Look at Jeffrey Week One, or not? Yeah, not Jeffrey Week One last week, but he scored his points when he wasn't being covered by Norman. Yeah. Um, who who did the Washington Redskins play week one? You know, that's a great question. Because um, I know they played a top guy, and I know I know I sat him because of who they played. Uh, the Washington Redskins played Philly week one. Okay, so it was Jeffrey. So Yeah, yeah it was Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey got shut down by Norman. And then last week, Jeffrey had a good game. Um, so it, it just goes to show you that it's... And then last week, uh, Watkins got shut down by Norman. Yep. I mean, whoever... When you have a really good cornerback like guys like Josh Norman and Xavier Rhodes, they are going to shut people down. That's what they are expected to do. And the thing that's different about Evans or in Evans and Rhodes is Rhodes is a press corner. He he will press Mike Evans. He will throw try to throw him off his routes. And that's going to throw off Jameis Winston looking his way. Now, here's this is neither here nor there, but who does Norman cover against the Raiders? Is he covering Cooper or is he covering Crabtree? Because Crabtree's the guy that's been putting We're up the numbers this that. year. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. So, um, all right. So, for this week, my sud is going to be Isaiah Crowell. Um, the reason He's so it's, good at crowing. It, it's been really a rough year so far for guys who expected, like myself, for him to come in and be that RB2, you know, get 10 to 12 points a week. <coughs> um, it just hasn't happened so far because they've been having to play catch-up. Well, good news for Cleveland. They get this possibly the worst team in the NFL besides the Jets this week with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, the Colts can't stop anybody. They have no defense really worth talking about. Yeah, their defense is um, terrible. And... I think it's a boost that Cleveland will be playing inside of Indianapolis's dome. Um, they're going to be running on their home turf, and they're not going to—they're not going up against a team where you're worried about them going up by three scores in the first, you know, quarter and a half. I think I—I I, I agree. I, I like Crowell this week. Um, the matchup's just really good for him. Yeah, it's. Um, although I still think that Indy wins this game because I think now that uh, I mean Brissett week one. Played. Do you want to do you want to place a water bet on that? Sure. I, okay, we'll do a water bet on that then, because I think that Indy will not win a single game until Luck comes back. Oh, okay. No, I think Indy wins this week. Okay, perfect. All right. All right. So then, um, moving on to my dud, it's Amari Cooper. Okay, so you think Norman's going up against Cooper? I think Norman's going to be going up against Cooper most of the time. Um, Crabtree right now is the favorited receiver for Derek Carr. Yes, which is why I think Norman's going to be paired up with Crabtree. Okay, but in in the other aspect, though, is that Amari Cooper is, is the, the more receiver. talented. Yeah. He is the more talented receiver than Crabtree. And I, I was a big Crabtree fan, partially because he came out from, you know, from my Niners years yeah. ago. But I Cooper has the better skill set. Carr has the better rapport with Crabtree. That being said, I think that they are going to be... I think Norman's going to be focused more on shutting down Cooper because of the big playability. Because um, Crabtree's catches, they were mostly inside of the 10-yard line 
for you know red zone stuff. I mean, that's where he does his work. And granted, he had a great game last week, yeah, he did. which really pissed me off um, <laughs> because Cooper's my boy, but I I don't see Cooper having a good game this week. I, you see, I I think it's the opposite. Like as I was asking that question because I think I think that Norman's going to be shadowing uh, Crabtree because of the way Crabtree's been playing lately and uh, the way that Carr seems to have that rapport with Crabtree. Yeah. Um. So I think Cooper is going to bust out for a couple big games gains. Um. I would love to see that. Don't get me wrong. Like I, just... I could I could possibly see it even starting out with with Norman on. Crabtree to start the game, and then Cooper getting a big long touchdown run or a big long touchdown catch, yeah, and then them switching it over and then being shut down the rest of the game. But that one big touchdown catch is going to, you know, pad his stats. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I I can see exactly if if Norman starts on Cooper, I think you're right. Okay. Um. So that's that's all. I think that's all we've got for suds and duds. Yeah, those are our suds and our duds. Uh, so let's so, hope for a better week next week than last week. Yeah, let's hope that this hangover feels a little bit better. That we didn't have to drink so much Gatorade on that <laughs> one. Jeez. Um. All right. So now we're gonna head over to a nice. Oh, it's a nice clean corner. Oh man. Oh, the trivia corner is looking so dusty. But man, this this fun fact corner is looking. You're like you're like putting lights up in there, and yep. it's, it just looks so pretty. All right, so fun fact, um, we're gonna we got a couple here. So the fir- first fun fact: last week in the Jets Raiders game, the Jets had zero pressures on Derek Carr in twenty eight pass attempts. Zero zero pressures on oh, the quarterback man. in twenty eight pass attempts. That shows two things: one, how great that Raiders offensive line is, and two, how inept the Jets are. How much they miss? Uh, is it Sheldon Richardson that they just traded? Yeah, it was Sheldon Richardson. I mean, they still have Muhammad Wilkerson and Leonard Williams. Yeah. But, yeah, no pressures and 28 dropbacks from Derek Carr. Uh, Kareem Hunt, his five touchdowns in the first two career games is second to, I'm going to be honest, I've never heard of this name before, but Dutch Sternman. Yeah, not familiar. Who had six. In 1920. Yeah, I'm shocked that I'm not familiar with that name. Yeah, so it that was a that was the most in an 80, sorry, 97 year span. Do you have the stats for a name that we do know to give us like? Oh no. Okay. It just said it, it says Kareem Hunt's five TDs in first two career games is second to Dutch Sernerman of 1920. You know, we played in 1920. So regardless, that's. That's a solid, solid. Oh, that's that's yeah, pretty great. That's pretty great. Um, this one is more of a fun, just kind of a fun thing. Is that the Browns are favored in a road game for the first time in three years? I love it. Yep, I I love one it. One point favored by one point. Doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile. You're that's still true. winning. That's still a win. All right, and then the last fun fact here. This one, um, it, it's not so much a fun fact as it is a gross fact. Uh, last week Carson Wentz had 55 yards rushing. That was more than LaShawn McCoy, who had nine, Ezekiel Elliott, who had eight, and Jordan Howard, who had seven combined. <laughs> that is gross. That is... Those are three top ten running backs in the NFL who got outrushed by a quarterback in yeah. one game. Yeah, that was... that. All three... Anybody that started those three guys had a rough, 
rough week unless you had a fantastic team around a zero point Jordan Howard. McCoy um, saved himself with PPR. Yes, he, he wound did. up with nine points in full point PPR, which I mean isn't good. But Howard and Zeke did not save themselves. Though. No, Howard and Zeke did not save themselves. Um, Zeke Howard almost, the, Zeke almost cost me, cost me a matchup. Zeke. Zeke was rough. Howard at least had there was an excuse afterwards because he's he's injured. Um, the extent of the injury is very well unknown, um, yeah. which is very upsetting to me as someone that owns him and has a lot of injured running backs on my super super supposed to be deep running back roster. So many injuries, um, but uh, no, it's it's uh, that's upsetting for those owners. Yeah, it's 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 not good. Um, it's yeah. I oh, here's kind of fun news. Uh, Mike Williams is apparently practicing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so good for him. Hopefully, his uh, knee can hold up. And if yeah. if it does hold up, he's the best wide receiver out of this draft. I still I still think that I like him more than Corey Davis. We'll see. A lot of people don't. Um, I think I just, he's the more explosive wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think he's the more explosive wide receiver. I still think the one with the best all-around skill set is Corey Davis. I think he's the Amari Cooper to his Michael Crabtree. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that said, we have appeared to finish the Gatorade. We have eaten all the Taco Bell. Um, I've got some Chinese food waiting. Uh, and this is the end of your fantasy hangover. We'll see you guys next week. Hopefully we can avoid some injury scares. Yeah, uh, maybe there'll be people safe from wells and fingers reattached. Who knows what reattached? Bye. Bye.